Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? Welcome back. Episode 14 here. I know we've had a couple week hiatus and we apologize for the break, but we've had a lot of things going on in the Scalici Stevens world. Uh, happy to be back here. Actually, going to be recording this episode by myself here. So, Dougie's here on the mic today, recording episode 14. We're going to be talking a little bit of recap on the FedEx Cup playoffs, as well as uh, who the nominees are for the player of the year and rookie of the year, and, and my thoughts on that, as well as. Uh, talk about what's upcoming here in the in the wraparound schedule. So, uh, season ended last weekend. If everybody wasn't paying attention, we had the FedEx Cup Tour Championship <clears throat> down in East Lake, which is uh, right outside Atlanta in in Georgia, and um, was a great field. Um, actually, ended up uh, having a, a very exciting weekend. Um, Thirty players made the cut from the. Uh, BMW Championship, which was in Chicago the week prior. And with that, uh, we had an interesting format. So I know we've talk- spoken about it a couple times on the podcast. <clears throat> but uh, Justin Thomas, who had the lead going from the BMW to the Tour Championship, started at 10 under, and then it tiered off from that. So 9 under, second place, 8 under, 7, and then there was a, a bunch of guys at 5, a bunch of guys at 4, 3, 2, and then the I think ranked from 25 to 30th in the FedEx Cup started at even par. So uh, they did this because they didn't want uh, to have two champions like we had last year where Tiger won the Tour Championship but finished second and Justin Rose won the overall. So they wanted it to be whoever wins the Tour Championship wins the whole thing and gets the new prize of $15 million. So uh, I I still don't agree with it, although I will um, retract a little bit of my resentment and I thought that the – it ended up, uh, and like Jake said to me over a text message, uh, you know, guys that that were at you know in 30th when they started, like Bryson DeChambeau and those guys, you really would have had to shoot four really good rounds to win the tournament, and that's what they didn't want, right? They didn't want uh, these guys to make these crazy runs and come back from 10 shots back. They really probably should not be winning the Tour Championship because guys like Justin Thomas, Rory, Xander, Brooks, you know, were in the top five all year. They had a couple wins. Um, and they, they just played very, very well. So, And with that, uh, we didn't have anybody actually come from behind. I mean, we, we had, well, outside of the top 10, really. So, just as I said, Justin Thomas started at 10 under um, with Patrick Cantley right behind him and then Brooks Kapka and then Rory and Xander, Paul Casey, a couple others, Tony Finau. So uh, started the week with... Actually, Justin Thomas had an overnight lead on Wednesday at 10 under, a one-shot lead on Patrick Cantlay. Uh, and from there, it was really exciting. Cantlay actually fell off. I think he finished like two or three under. So he shot uh, you know, one over, I think, on the first day, even the second day, and then on the weekend just did not play well, um, which is I thought was a little bit um, you know, disappointing because he has had a good year. Uh, I know. I don't really like him too much, and neither does uh, a few of the other guys on the podcast. But that's okay. And and when we got to the weekend, we had you know the heavy hitters were there at the top of the leaderboard. So it was going into Sunday. We had Rory, Xander, JT, Brooks Kapka, and and Paul Casey, uh, really you know within like three or four shots of the lead. Um, 
And Justin, I, who I thought had a chance to, you know, pull away because he did. The you know Rory ended up winning the tournament at eighteen under, but Justin Thomas, who was at ten under, really only shot even or a couple under every day, <clears throat> and didn't wasn't able to separate himself from the pack. Um, they had a little bit of a weather delay, so uh, conditions were soft. Um, there were some low scores out there, and they had to play. I think they, you know, the leaders played about eleven holes or twelve holes on Saturday for round three, and then they finished Sunday morning, and then they had about a two-hour break and and wrapped around into the final um, final pairings for, for Sunday afternoon. And uh, we got some exciting pairings. So Rory played with Brooks Kapka, uh, Xander and JT played together, and then uh, Casey, Adam Scott, Finau, you know, we're all kind of right there. Casey was a couple shots back. Finau and Adam Scott were six or seven to start the final round but we had some some power players in those groupings it was exciting to watch um hats off to rory rory shot 66 to win uh win the tour championship uh brooks kapka was there as well he made three bogeys in a row 13 14 15 to kind of play his way out of the tournament but uh all things considered it was a great tournament i was disappointed i thought justin thomas was going to win it all um i love rory um i've actually talked about him on the couple podcasts i i was i was kind of weary that he didn't have the closing ability anymore in a in a good field and and he proved me wrong uh he shot 66 67 68 66 to win the tour championship and 15 million dollars which is a nice little payday for him uh xander finished second at 14 under justin thomas and brooks tied for third and then paul casey rounded out uh the top five and even paul it was pretty funny. He had he knew on the last hole if he got in with a bogey or better, he'd make two and a half million dollars for finishing fifth. And he had about a ten footer for uh, for birdie, was pretty slick, and he just barely tapped it because he wanted to make sure he didn't three putt from there and and lose out on you know about a million dollars worth of prize money. So uh, it was interesting to see that that people knew you know they were kind of out of it, but they were still playing for a lot a lot of money. Um, I think everybody in the top ten made at least a million dollars. So. Um, exciting to, to see where that's going to progress. I'll be interested to see. I know a lot of the pros didn't like the format, um, and we'll see if that gets changed uh, here pretty quickly as the, the schedule is, is starting, really, for the 2019 schedule here pretty pretty shortly. Um, but uh, all things wrapped up, I guess, for the Tour Championship. I thought it uh, ended up the best players uh, were in contention on the weekend. Um, it was exciting to watch. Uh, you didn't really um, realize that there was – you know these different schools scores from people starting the week if you had just tuned in on the weekend you wouldn't have had any idea you just said oh hey everybody's playing pretty well here in the top five it's going to be an exciting finish and it was uh roy played great hats off to him it wasn't as much of a scene as last year when tiger obviously won his first tournament in a couple of years after being come back from coming back from injury but the crowds did uh, funnel in right behind the the hole on 18 there to watch uh, rory make a birdie actually on 18 to shoot uh have a four shot lead and shoot 18 under over against xander so that's all i really have to talk about about the the tour championship itself i think there was great this year they they moved it down from four playoff events to three i think that that was exciting uh there was a at least a 30 or 40 man cut every every field so that was that was fun to watch um you're interested interested to to talk about that they I didn't really see anything about the pace of play because 
Fields weren't that big. I mean, there was only 125 in the first event, 70 in the second event. Never heard anything about pace of play in any of those events, and and maybe that is something. I know Rory has talked about that. Obviously, he's making a ton of money, but saying we should maybe look at reducing the field sizes because some of these fields, you know, 170 players trying to get threesomes out in the mornings and in the afternoon playing, you know, number one, number 10 tees is tough and it and as soon as one person hits a snag it it slows down everybody else so uh maybe that's something to do i know some of these guys are playing for their livelihood so you know cutting 50 players from an event may not be but maybe 25 players 30 players i'm not sure what the what the answer is there but i think that that's definitely an option i think it might be something that needs to be looked at because there was no issues with pace of play no issues with the different scoring or, or people doing you know taking too much time even though people were bragging on uh, on Bryson DeChambeau over the last couple of weeks because he was taking two, three, four, five minutes to uh, hit one shot, which is you know that's his his process. So uh, in the in the smaller field events, there wasn't an issue about it, and you didn't see anybody raising hell. So interested to see if there will be any any talks about that after the season. Um, but overall, I thought it was a great year. Uh, Rory, you know, won the Tour Championship. Uh, we had four great majors. I think that the new schedule provides some interesting elements with the, there being a major every month starting really in April. Um, and then you had the player championship before that too. So uh, we'll see how the next year goes. We'll see if there's any changes that are made. I know they've been working on pace of play. The European Tour is already implemented. Uh, they're going to be handing out more strict fines uh, and, and other policies for the pace of play. A lot of the PGA Tour guys are advocates for wanting that on their tour as well. So, interested to see if there's going to be anything that's announced here. You know, it probably need to be announced in the next 10 days since the uh, 2019 schedule kicks off here pretty shortly. Uh, maybe they'll, or maybe they'll wait till the Tournament of Champions in, in January. Uh, that's out in Hawaii. So, I'm going to wrap it up there, talking about the the Tour Championship. Great year, had some great moments. Obviously, Tiger won won the masters he's still the defending master champion we'll see if he gets it back uh, back together i saw he had another knee surgery this past week um i think it's his fifth or sixth surgery now so who knows what's going on there the doctor said it wasn't serious they were just cleaning some stuff up so he says he's still playing in it's supposed to play in japan in that match play event with hideki and a few others uh in october and then the president's cup is uh in november and in, in down in australia which uh, will be exciting to watch. The, I think the the uh, Europe or the international team has a very strong team this year. I mean, they've had strong teams in the past. They just haven't been able to get things together. But I think um, the international squad this year is is really really good. So the U.S. team that made it, and it's actually in December. <clears throat> I apologize, but first week of December. But the U.S. team that won it or is getting in automatically qualified was. DJ, Brooks, Xander, Bryson, Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Matt Kuchar, Justin Thomas. Uh, Tiger's the captain. Uh, everybody thinks he's going to pick himself, but he also has to choose four captain's picks, I think, by sometime in October. Uh, Fred Couples, Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker are his assistants. So interesting to see there. You know, there's no Tiger. There's no Phil. Uh, so will he be picking Phil? Will he pick some of the younger guys? Who knows? On the international side, Ernie Els is the captain. Uh, Hideki, Louie, Abe Anser, Vinny's boy, Cam Smith, C.T. Pan, Hao Tong Lee, Mark Leishman, and Adam Scott are on the squad. So 
uh, and you'll, you'll see there there's no, you know, Jason Day, a few others that have been on the squad, <clears throat> um, you know, pretty regularly for the internationals over the last couple of years. So uh, interesting. We'll be interested to see who the captain's picks are, but I think uh, Abraham answers the first Mexican national to make the team. Um, and so a lot of a lot of history being made there, playing at a great course down in Melbourne. Um, you know, away game for the U.S. We'll see how we fare. We I think we've only lost one time. I, I need to check my myself on that, but I believe the U.S. has only lost one time. So we've been very, very dominant in this one. Uh, as I said, you know, usually the internationals only have, I would say, about four, which are high-end world-class players. And then the other eight guys that they have are, um, you know, they're very good. Obviously, they, they compete on, on uh, at majors and, and international events, PGA events. But this year, um, you know, we've got a bunch of guys who have won or contended in various majors. Uh, and we'll see what, uh, what, what transpires down there in Melbourne in, in December. Uh, I think the, the U.S. team will win. I, I hope Tiger picks himself um, because I'm not sure he'll make the Ryder Cup team next year. Uh, and that might be his last draw. I think that uh, he'll be up for captain pretty shortly, probably not next year, but I would guess the Ryder Cup after that. Um, so I would like to see himself play in, uh, you know, another international or another uh, team event here. He's actually not been very good uh, in the Ryder Cup or international um, event. Uh, his record is, I think, like around level par or, or he even maybe have a negative record for, for match play. So um, a couple interesting dynamics there. I mean, Tiger's inside the top 20 for the standing, so he's, it's not like he'd be picking himself at 100, but... Uh, pretty close to the to the cut there at eight, top eight, and we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see what, what what's going to happen. They do. They also do a junior um, presidents cup that the week before. So, a lot of exciting stuff there, um, and looking forward to that event in December. I'll be interested to see. Actually, I know Tiger's events usually last week in November, first week of December in in the Bahamas. I wonder if he will be uh, still hosting that event or what they're going to do if he's going to play in it because that's pretty close. I'm not sure. I'd have to look. But interesting uh, interesting dynamic because he usually doesn't play in the fall, usually takes it off. But I know he's committed to playing the match play event in in Japan in October. And then uh, he's also got the President's Cup, which I think he'll be playing in. And then he may be playing in the uh, Bahamas event. So <clears throat> that'd be three times we'll be able to see the – See the big cat in the fall. We'll see what happens there. Uh, next thing I want to talk about was the rookie of the year nominees. So I thought this was this was pretty cool. Obviously, every year they do a player of the year and a rookie of the year nominee. Um, there's five rookie of the year nominees this year. <clears throat> uh, Cameron Champ is one of them. Sung J M, Adam Long, Colin Murakawa, and Matt Wolf. So I know Matt Wolf and Colin Murakawa. We've talked about a lot. Um, over the last four or five podcasts, Jake is high on Morikawa. I'm high on Matt Wolf. Uh, we've talked about uh, Victor Hovland, who I, I saw last week was contending in the the Corn Ferry event to get back into the playoffs or into the PGA Tour, excuse me. So a lot of exciting young players on the tour. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Cameron Champ won the first event last year, the Sanderson Farms Championship. Uh he finished the year in 62nd in the FedEx Cup and recorded three top tens and made 14 cuts. He wasn't on the Corn Ferry Tour the year before. That guy bombs the ball a mile. Uh, I know our first episode we we did, we talked about Blue Jack National. And at the time when Jake, myself, and Vince played, 
at Blue Jack. Cameron Champ had the, the course record there from the tip. So, um, guy can play. or Had it going at the beginning of the year. He was playing very, very well. Everybody was high on him coming out. He won his first event. And then from there, he kind of fizzled out. I mean, he had three top ten finishes and 14 cuts, but I bet if I looked, he probably played in about 25 events. So he missed, you know, 11, 10 or 11 cuts. Um, didn't really contend after the Sanderson Farms, maybe a couple events right after that. Um, but, you know, never really uh, never really had it much going after that. What You know, he, fin- he made the... Made the cut for the BMW, but finished 62nd in the FedEx Cup um, and never really contended for the Tour Championship. And really, I think, only got in because he had the win in a couple top tens early in the year, had some points um, that kind of vaulted him into his position uh, because after his win, he, I'm sure he was number one or in the top five. Uh, so, uh, And then Sun, Sung JM, second. Uh, so he's from South Korea. He also graduated from the Corn Ferry Tour last year, uh, which was the web.com at the time. He uh, played in 35 events. He uh, had seven top tens, tied for 19th in the FedEx Cup. So he was actually the only one of the five um, rookies that I I named here that are up for Rookie of the Year that made the Tour Championship. Uh, He recorded 16 top 25s and made 26 cuts out of 35 events. Uh, So uh, I think, in my personal opinion, uh, he had the best year out of all the rookies. I know he didn't win. A couple of those, these other guys did win. Um, but I think Sungjae was obviously, he made the Tour Championship, was the only one, was very consistent, had 16 top 25s. He made a lot of money on the Tour this year, a lot of FedEx Cup points. So interested to see how he does next year. Um, but if it was up to me, I would probably vote for Sungjae M to win Rookie of the Year this year. The last three, Adam Long. Uh, who also uh, was a Corn Ferry guy, tour graduate from last year, web.com. He played in 27 events, and he won at the Desert Classic, uh, which was <clears throat> in the fall. He finished 69th in the FedEx Cup, so he did make it to to uh, Chicago and played in the BMW, uh, but finished second to last there in, in points. Uh, he had five top 25s and made 11 cuts, so another one. You see how hard it is, man. I mean, he had a victory, and but then he also missed – uh, 16 cuts this year so um, tough out there but you know he, he had a great year he got a win so he's got two-year exemption he also you know finished 69th on, on the money list so uh, or the, the points list excuse me and so he he will be back next year we'll see how he does he was another one of those guys who had it going kind of through the fall early spring and then as the you know the meat of the season got going uh, he fizzled out a little bit. He did have a couple uh, events towards the end of the year where his name was there on the leaderboard around Thursday and Friday, but then Saturday, Sunday really didn't have too much going on. And then the last two guys who we've spoken a lot about, Colin Morikawa and Matthew Wolf. So Morikawa only played in nine events, and he won the Barracuda Championship uh, because he and Matt Wolf both uh, played in their senior years of college or their last year of college. Uh, before turning pro after the U.S. Open and uh, played nine events. He won the Barracuda Championship, so he got himself full status on the PGA Tour for next year with a two-year exemption for winning that event and also got himself into the FedEx Cup playoffs. So he uh, worked his way from outside of the top 70 into uh, the BMW Championship, so he was able to play 
uh, in the Northern Trust and the BMW. Finished 60 or 59th, excuse me, in the FedEx Cup. So didn't make too much noise. Uh, you know, really tough for those guys that are outside of the top. What I would say is 45. You really have to finish in the top three if you want to get enough points to move from outside of the top 45 into the top 30 um, <clears throat> from the BMW to the Tour Championship. So uh, he did not do that, but he also recorded top three, top three, three top tens, excuse me, uh, among making all nine cuts. So was 100% making cuts. Obviously, he didn't play as many as the other three guys, but uh, I would have been interested to see if he had played a full year, how he would have done because the guy is just an absolute ball striker, and when he's rolling a rock, he's pretty unbeatable. And then, same thing with Matthew Wolf. He entered eight events with his victory at three, the inaugural 3M Championship up in Minnesota. Um, by doing so, he got himself status on the PGA Tour for the next two years, uh, moved himself into the FedEx, FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, and he also recorded three top 25s along with Colin Murakawa. Uh, he missed one cut, and he finished 74th in the FedEx Cup. So he uh, played in the Northern Trust but did not move his way into the BMW. I know he was right on the cut line when they started the week. He was, like, right around 70th. I think he was actually 68th, so he was in if he had had a decent event. But some of the guys jumped him and moved in, and he moved out. So, um, you know, he got a win. I think exciting to see. I, from In my personal opinion, I don't think you can vote on Morikawa and Matt Wolf because – we just don't have the sample size right. They only played in eight and nine events. Nothing against the two, but I think Sungjae was consistent all year long. I would vote for Sungjae M to win Rookie of the Year on the PGA Tour um, for the 2000, what would have been, 18-19 season. So, um, And then on the other side of it is the Player of the Year nominees. So these are the guys that you know dominated the entire year, had a couple wins, some majors, some World Golf Championships, Tour Championships, etc. And those four guys are Brooks Kapka, Matt Kuchar, Rory McIlroy, and Xander Shoffley. So when I look at this list, I think the 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 bad thing about it is Matt Kuchar is going to obviously be remembered this year for his debacle in Mexico at the Mayakoba Golf Classic where he didn't have his caddy with him. He picked up a caddy um, from the from that was local and only tipped him five thousand dollars when he won 1.7 million. Um, I know every everybody knows it's been resolved, but the, the bad thing is everybody's going to remember Matt Kuchar for that. Hopefully, we can move past it. I know McElroy made a joke about it uh, when he and Kuchar both uh, were awarded their uh, regular season earnings at the uh, Northern Trust, um, which is pretty funny. If you haven't seen the video, I would go back and double check it. Uh, Kuchar says that Rory beat him by like 38 points and it cost him a million dollars, $300,000. And Rory steals the mic and says, well, we all know what money means to Kuchar. So pretty funny there. Uh, nice jab. Everybody was laughing. I'm hoping Kuchar was laughing because he thought it was funny and wasn't just pissed off. But, you know, who knows? Um, so Brooks Kapka was the first one on the list. He entered 21 events this year, had three victories. So he won the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, which is an international event played over in Asia in the fall. Uh, he won that. Uh, and then he won, obviously, the PJ Championship. Uh, can finish second at the U.S. Open. Um, played dominant there. And then uh, he finished second at the Masters as well. So uh, had a great year. Uh, and then he won the World Golf Championship, FedEx Jude Saint at 
FedEx St. Jude Invitational, which was the last second to last regular season event in Memphis, which was the week after the British Open. Uh, he tied for third in the FedEx Cup uh, regular season fi- finale rankings. Finished fourth in scoring average at 69.39 and recorded a uh, total of nine top ten finishes and made 20 cuts. So he did miss a cut. I don't know where that is, but we all know he's just a big game hunter. So he's a, he's a money guy. He's a World Golf Championship guy, and he's a PGA, he's a, well, he's a PGA Championship guy, but he's also a majors guy. In other events, we've spoken about this a lot. He really just doesn't give a shit, and I don't blame him because he makes a shitload of money. Uh, let's see, he made $2 million plus for the PGA win. He made $2 million plus for the World Golf Championship win. Uh, probably made one point six for the CJ Cup. And then third place, he got... Uh, uh, I think like three and a half million dollars. So you know, he made close to ten million dollars last year on four, on three wins and a, and a top three at the the Tour Championship. So everybody knows Brooks. He's probably my him and Rory are my favorite players right now. You know, behind Tiger, obviously, but these guys are in their primes. Brooks twenty nine, Rory's thirty. They're just absolutely killing the ball. They don't care if they hit fairways anymore. They're just aiming for the rough, and so they can hit their. Shortest club in from there, wedge, pitching wedge, nine iron, whatever they need to to get close. And then they just rely on making putts. And I think Brooks and Rory are very similar. And when their putter's hot, they're pretty much unbeatable. Um, and so I think the two of them are the best players in the world right now when they're playing their best. And I would probably give the edge to Rory uh, when he is playing his best because I think, one, he's got the <clears throat> one of the nicest golf swings I've ever seen. And he's uh, my height, and he hits the ball about – 330 so i still have hope maybe um anyway so the second one is matt kuchar he entered 22 events had two victories we just talked about the one at mayakoba down in mexico and then he won the sony open in hawaii uh, he was in the top three of fedex cup for a long time during the year he he had like a 10 week stretch where he was in the top five a lot he had eight uh top 10 finishes and made every cut except for one as well uh, Cooch had a great year. A lot of people are going to, you know, again, remember him from the Mexico thing. But uh, he's just Mr. Consistent, always there, wins at least one event a year, it seems like. He's 41 now. I mean, he's he's playing some great golf. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, Mr. Skechers, so good for him. Uh, the next guy is Roy McIlroy, who we just spoke about at the beginning, won the FedEx Cup, entered 19 events this year, had three wins. Uh Started the what I would consider the major championship season with the Players Championship win. Uh, Jake, I know if he was on, would hate that, but uh, he so he won there. He won at the RBC Canadian Open. He shot like 62 or 63 in the final round. Had like 59 in contention, and then uh, you know made a like bogey or two coming in, and then he won the Tour Championship in East Lake. So he actually joins Tiger uh, as the only two-time champion for the Tour Championship or the the FedEx Cup. Uh, so exciting to see that he just turned 30. He led the PGA Tour in scoring average at at right around 69. Uh, and he had 14 top 10 finishes and 17 made cuts, so he missed two cuts. Um, one of those was at his home course in Ireland for the or in Northern Ireland for the uh, British Open this year, which was kind of disappointing. He shot a very very poor round on Thursday. Actually, came back on Friday and missed the cut by one shot, but. Uh, so disappointing to see that, but he had a little bit of a lull during the middle of the season after the Players Championship, and kind of between that and the RBC Canadian Open, there was a couple times where he had the lead 
on Saturday going into the going into the weekend or going into the final round on Sunday and then just kind of fizzled or shot right around even par and and didn't contend and I know Jake and I talked about this on one of the previous episodes was man maybe he just didn't uh he doesn't have the 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 clutch gene anymore maybe it was passing off the Brooks and JT and some of the other guys but he proved me wrong he played four great rounds uh he had to come back from a couple shots behind JT to start uh the Thursday uh round at the tour championship and like I said he shot you know two rounds 66 67 68 four great rounds won the event by four shots uh, kind of cemented himself in the in, in golf lore there as, as the only two-time champion along with Tiger there so uh, I think he's he had a phenomenal season I'm glad to see he he got it together there in the PGA Tour playoffs um, and then the fourth guy is Xander Schauffele who is 25 years old but I feel like he's only been on tour for like 12 months um, he his rookie year out won the tour championship finished second in points behind JT who won it that year um, he entered 21 events this year had two victories won the world golf championship HSBC and then he won the tournament uh, century tournament of champions which is the event in Hawaii to start the uh, what I would consider what I would consider the regular season but it's in January um, after the fall wraparound schedule and it's all the winners from the events 12 months prior. And actually, if you go back and look, Gary Woodland, who won the uh, the U.S. Open at Pebble, had like a four-shot lead going into the final round of the Century Tournament Champions and shot like two or three under as well on Sunday. But uh, Xander shot like 61 and stole it from him and won that one. Uh, so he had a great year as well. He finished second in the FedEx Cup. He recorded six top ten finishes, made 18 cuts, so he missed three cuts. Uh, just very, very consistent player. I feel like he's always around the leaderboard in, in, in majors as well now. I think it's just a matter of time before he gets his first major championship win. Um, I like Xander because his dad's from Germany, so a little German connection there with the fam. And, uh, I, yeah, I think he had a great year. I mean, all these guys are, you know, in, in, in other seasons would probably justify – um, you know, winning winning the whole thing, but I think just based on um, I, I believe that the final two guys are going to be Brooks Kapka and Roy McIlroy for the top player of the year. Um, Brooks is just consistent; he's winning two, three events every year. Um, and Rory, it seems like, has kind of started to get things back on track. The, the pick was up to me; I would probably choose Rory. However, Brooks did finish; he won a major and finished in the top five in two other majors. Uh, so, man, that's just really, really tough. I think you could. I think if if either one of them wins, it's, I'm fine with that. They both had great years. I would guess that people are going to lean towards Rory just because of he won the Tour Championship at the end, and that might have a little bit more weight. But what do I know? Uh, anyways, so that's my my spiel on the Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year nominees. Last thing I'm going to wrap up with here is just the 2019-2020 schedule, which is starting. In two weeks, actually. So the Greenbrier uh, is up this year. They're number one, the first event. There is September 12th to the 15th. So guys are going to have this weekend off for Labor Day. They're going to have next weekend off, which is Vinny's 30th birthday. Shout out to Vinny. And then the week after that, they're going to get started the Greenbrier. And there is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 
There's 14 events before we get to the new year. One of those is the Hero World Challenge, which is Tiger's event, which I'm looking right now is the week before uh, the President's Cup. So that'll be interesting to see if he plays in that. Um, and then one of them is also like a shootout event, which I think is a partner event that, uh, yeah, Brian Harmon and Patton Gazar won last year. So, And there's no points for that one. So, um, you know, a bunch of events coming up. They're all 500 points, so... These rookies that are coming from the Corn Ferry Guys Tour are going to be coming in hot and heavy trying to get points just like Cameron Champ did last year because, as you'll see, you know he missed 10 or 11 cuts last year, but he had one win, and it was enough to get him into the, uh, the playoffs as well as it secured his car for two years. So um, a lot of exciting golf coming up. So the Greenbrier is in two weeks, and then Sanderson Farms, and the Safeway Open. Then the Shriners Hospital event, then the Houston Open, uh, which is actually a golf club in Houston uh, for the last year before it moves to Memorial Park. I know we've spoken about this. And then uh, then is the CJ Cup at Nine Bridges, who I spoke about a little bit earlier, is where um, Brooks Kapka won. And then there's a new event, is the Zozo Championship, which is the last weekend in October. That's in Ch- uh, Japan. And the week after that is the, the Bermuda Championship which is uh, an event. There's two week events that week, so it's an off-week event, or the alternate event, I guess, where the World Golf Championship HSB, HSBC Champions, which was won by Xander, uh, is in China. And then that week, there's also an event in Bermuda this year, which is the first time they've had a PGA event there as well. So uh, a lot of exciting stuff there before we get into December where the President's Cup uh, is. And then, you know, we, we really get things kicked off and started with the century tournament champions again which is uh, january 2nd through the 5th so everybody set their clocks back enjoy uh two weeks of no golf football starts this weekend go penn state um i'll see you guys at the national championship in january and uh yeah uh, that's about it guys I, i'm you know we're, we're we're really happy uh, and, and proud and thankful for everybody that's that's followed us this far through we, uh, episode 14 we again apologize for the lapse of uh of episodes the last couple of weeks uh, jake was in the middle of a move Vinny and i had some stuff going on but we're going to be back now hopefully getting out some content every week i hope everybody enjoys their three-day weekend labor day both here and in canada and uh, you guys get some golf in this weekend i know myself i'm going to try to play on sunday and monday the weather looks very very nice here it's going to be hot but it looks beautiful here in houston and uh, i'm going to try to play out at the cat and then uh, we're getting ready for the fall season. So we'll be back hopefully next week, guys. As always, guys, don't forget to hit your breakfast ball this weekend. Everyone be safe. Bye now.